Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. So today is Christmas, Christmas Eve, and uh, we have a special candlelight Christmas service that I'm really excited about. Uh, and what I want to do this morning, as we are going into Christmas, is, you know, later today we probably have a lot of family events. Um, over the next few days there will be time where we all gather together with our loved ones. And um, for some of us, Christmas is a joyous time. For others, it's not that great. Sometimes it's stressful, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult, or maybe even frustrating. But what I wanted to do this morning was to take some time to talk about the significance of Christmas and the incredible hope that it brings. And at the end of the message today, we're going to have a special candlelight response moment. And I, but before we do that, I want to talk about the significance of what the candles actually mean and what significance the light of the flame has. You know, as children, how many of you remember what it was like when you go to, go to bed at night, not just at Christmas, but all throughout the year, and it's dark in your room? Do you remember that feeling of being scared in the dark? At times, you might see shadows on the wall, and it would make you feel uncomfortable as a child because we're afraid of the dark. The darkness is something that we didn't understand. And as kids, we would, uh, how many times in the movies you've seen the shadow of a tree outside that would be on the, on the inner wall from the lights outside, and it scares us, right? And so what do we need as children? What's the most common thing that we want in the room when it's dark outside or when it's dark inside the room? What is it? What's an item we plug into the wall? What is that? A nightlight, right. Now, what is the significance of a nightlight? It's not, it's not that it's a device. It's not even that it's electronic. It's that it gives off light. And light is important, especially to a child, because it teaches us a very important lesson, that the light is what dispels darkness. And in, in those moments when we're kids and we're laying in bed and we're afraid of what might be underneath the bed or what might be in the closet or maybe in the house. I mean, I remember trying to walk down in my basement as a kid, and, you know, it's terrifying to walk into the basement. Everybody's ever seen the movie Home Alone remembers that, that scene where Kevin walks downstairs into the basement and, and, and he's afraid of of the dark, but also of the, of the boiler that's down there. We're familiar with these ideas, but what light does is it shines light in dark spaces and helps us see that things really aren't as bad as we thought it might be. And so today I've entitled this message, Let There Be Light. And I believe that God would like to encourage each of us this morning to give us hope when it seems like we are surrounded by darkness. And I think we need a little bit of light in our world because it can be very dark in our world. It feels oftentimes when we look around that everything is falling apart. It feels that way in the world and even sometimes in our own lives. And so what I want to do is I want to begin today by reading a couple of passages of Scripture that probably at first are not going to seem to be related to Christmas, but stick with me, okay, because I believe that we're going to see a truth that is very powerful and extremely valuable to us today. So if you have a Bible, would you pull it out to Genesis Chapter 1, we also have free Bibles. If anybody needs one, we have them at our Connection Center. Please do not leave today without a Bible. This is life. This book right here is the source of life. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be reading, begin reading in the very first verse that opens the entire book. And it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and it was empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, 
Let there be light. And there was light. So we see this picture. And whatever you might believe of the creation account or how the universe began, the picture, the image that we're seeing here is there was nothing. There was darkness. And then all of a sudden God spoke something into existence. And it was light. And it says there was light because he spoke it. Now we're going to fast forward to the book of John. John chapter 1, the very first verse in John chapter 1, which is the gospel of John, which is the second half of the Bible. So we see that the Bible is opened with God speaking light. And now we're going to see how the beginning of the New Testament, the fourth book of the New Testament, John, verse 1 in the first chapter also talks about light. It says, in the beginning, again, another beginning, was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. We're talking about Jesus here. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. That's kind of an odd, backward-sounding phrase, which essentially means that all things have been created through Jesus Christ, and there's nothing that exists that wasn't through him. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And I love this. It says that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. I think that's a beautiful phrase. Because sometimes we think of lights, but we think of the darkness as stronger. And yet what Scripture is teaching us here is that the darkness does not overcome the light of Jesus Christ. I love that. So what we see here is two parallel passages, one in the beginning of the Bible and one in the second half of the Bible that parallel each other and talk about the power and the creation of light. One at the beginning of the Bible, describing the creation of the universe and the words, let there be light, is uttered out of the mouth of God, setting in motion the concept and the ability of light to dispel darkness. This is important for us to understand. It's very important for us to understand that in this moment, darkness became subservient to light. But the second passage begins the Gospel of John in the New Testament, and it then echoes the incredible power of light. And this time, it's describing Jesus himself as the light that stands against darkness. The imagery in both of these passages give us a feeling of what it's like without the presence of light. You know, we understand darkness. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, as kids, we understand what it's like to be afraid of the dark. When there is no light, we understand what darkness is. It is fearful. It's afraid. And even though as adults we've grown up and we are no longer afraid of the dark per se and we can sleep in dark rooms. In fact, when the lights go off as adults, that's usually a great time because it helps us to sleep better and we enjoy it. But as adults, we still are afraid when things are happening in our lives that we don't understand, when our path does not seem lit in front of us, when we have decisions to make and we don't know what to do, when our circumstances are surrounding us and they feel as though it is difficult, this is the adult version of the lights being out and sleeping in a dark room. When we don't know what to do and we're not sure what's going to happen, that's the same thing as the feeling of what it's like as an adult when there is no light. And it's from this place where the words, let there be light, have incredible meaning to us. Now let's visit the birth story of Jesus in the book of Luke and see how Jesus' coming brings light and meaning into the dark uncertainty of our lives. Luke chapter 2, this is a very familiar story, but I'm believing that God's going to shed light on, a little pun there, is going to shed light into a very familiar story that's going to be very meaningful for us today. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin reading 
in verse 8. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Now, for a moment, I want to give you a little bit of context. This is 2,000 years ago. This is right around A.D. 6. For those of you who thought it was zero, Jesus wasn't born A.D. 0, okay? It was born around like 3 to 6 is where, where the timeline actually is. And it wasn't on December 25th. A little fun fact for all of you. It was probably in the spring. We'll talk more about that some other time. But here's what's important is to understand that at this time there was no electricity, so these shepherds who were out in, the, in their, their field in the pasture were on the hillside next to Bethlehem. There were no lights. It wasn't like they were sitting on the hill overlooking the town of Bethlehem and seeing like on Mulholland Drive in L.A. where there's all, a whole like, you know, skyline. That's not what they were looking at. What they were looking at was nothing. All they had to light their way maybe was stars if it was a clear night or they had maybe a lantern or a campfire. That's all they would have had. So when the lights were off and it was nighttime, at this time, of, this time in our history, it was dark, D-A-R-K, dark. Like you couldn't see anything. And this is the moment that's very important for us to understand what's happening because these guys were out. It's in the middle of the night. Their sheep are sleeping. They're on their guard. They're probably trying to be aware of wolves or animals that might come to kill their sheep. And they might have a fire. They're trying to keep themselves warm. And then this is the moment where verse 9 picks up. It says, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, this is important here because throughout Scripture, the words glory of the Lord, what it's describing is like an indescribable light. Oftentimes, when you see an angel in Scripture, it usually says they were wearing dazzling clothing, like lightning. Have you ever looked in the sky when lightning was going? It's almost like a flash that takes place when a, when a camera goes off. It blinds you. Now, the context that we just said a moment ago, where these guys are probably half asleep, maybe one of them is at watch, it's pitch black, there's no noise, they can't see anything except the crackling of the fire, maybe three feet in front of them, it's all as far as they have, and all of a sudden... An angel shows up, first of all, an angel, just out of nowhere. This is not my friend Steve. This is, this, is, this is something I've never seen before. And not only that, surrounded by the indescribable light of God, like a spotlight in the middle of a black, pitch black room is what happened. And then it says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Yeah, right. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. He's like, I understand you're freaked out. I understand that this moment is something you have no idea what's happening. I know that I just shown a spotlight in the middle of your dark field. Don't be afraid because I've got the best news. Today, in the city of David, which is the nickname for Bethlehem, where they were just outside of, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, which means anointed one, chosen one, the Lord, this will be the sign for you. He says, you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in manger. And suddenly, now this dude was joined by a multitude of the heavenly host with the angels. So multitude here means like more than just three or five. It means like hundreds, maybe thousands. So imagine the sunblock. 
these guys probably should have had on their, on their faces because it got that bright. All of a sudden, in the middle of their dark pasture, the Bible tells us that heaven was opened and now there were hundreds or thousands of these same creatures, these angels, surrounded by the indescribable light of the glory of God. And what does it say they said? Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those he favors. If anybody ever wants to know who God is, what he is about, because there's a lot of misconception about who God is, what he is about, what he is like, this is what he is. When he announces himself, it says peace on earth to those he favors. God is a God of love. He is a God of of healing. He is a God of restoration. And what you see from other people who maybe show otherwise is not from him. If we look at his word, when God represents himself, he talks about that he wants to restore people and call people to him. And that's what he said. He said, tonight, tonight things are changing. I love this moment. This is this incredible moment in history where our God decides to step into our world literally right in the middle of nighttime, in the darkest hour, and he shines his light and announces that things will now be forever different. It's beautiful. So what happens? Verse 15, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Can you imagine? Like these guys had been waiting. So they hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. It is So important for us to understand the significance of this moment. This is not just the Messiah being born, which is important, obviously. This is not just the Savior being born, but the moment in history. You see, the Jewish people were under heavy oppression from the Roman Empire. Life was hard. Life was bleak for these individuals. They didn't have a lot to be hopeful of. They were poor. They didn't have hardly any money. They thought that they were going, I mean, their history, the Jewish people's history was being oppression over and over and over again. They were in exile. They were, they were kicked out of their kingdoms. They were taken as slaves to other places. And they were now in their own homeland, but they were ruled by a foreign nation. And to make matters even worse, they believed that God had not even spoken to them for over 400 years. Years. The one, the only one who they loved, who knew that it loved them, who called them his chosen people, the last time God had sent a prophet, the last time he had spoken through anyone was 400 years prior to this moment. So the only hope that these individuals had was the prophecies that spoke of the Messiah, the one who would come, the one who would rescue them, the one who would come and change things for them. And it was in this moment of darkness that God speaks, let there be light in this moment and sends Jesus. And this moment reflects not just the Messiah coming And how this light is available to each one of us. This moment is beautiful, not because it just means Jesus was born. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus was born, just like we celebrate Easter about his death and resurrection. And that's kind of the the surface. That's the point. But there's a symbol. There is an analogy deep within that is so powerful to us that in our darkest of moments... God sends himself and speaks light into our spaces. He didn't send Jesus into a big palace... He didn't send him on a bright, sunny day. He came in the middle of a hopeless, bleak, frustrating, dark time. 
is when Jesus was sent into our world. And it gives us light. It gives us hope. It gives us strength. It gives us encouragement right where we are and right in the middle of everything that we're going through. That's the power of the light of Jesus Christ. In fact, as Jesus grows up, this concept of light continues. It wasn't just in Genesis. It wasn't just in John. And it wasn't even just when Jesus was born and then he forgot about it. No, when he grows up and he becomes a fully grown man, he takes on the embodiment of light. And when he speaks this in John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. And anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, this is the hope of the gospel, that we will never be alone when we know Jesus, that the darkness will never be too much for us to handle, that it will never overcome us. And this is important for us to understand because we oftentimes feel like the darkness is overcoming us. We look around our world and it feels like evil is winning It feels like our lives are falling apart. It's so easy for us to lose hope. It's so easy for us to want to give up. But the light of Jesus Christ promises to dispel the darkness that is around us. It promises to guide us. It promises to keep us safe. It promises to lead us through the storms of life. And that's the significance of the words, let there be light. When God spoke it, it wasn't just a command for one time. What he's saying and what he said at the birth of Jesus Christ was, let there be light, let there be hope in the darkness of our world. Let there be light, let there be hope, let there be guidance in the darkness that surrounds our personal circumstances that is in our heart. And so Jesus' claim to be the light of the world is the same thing as him speaking, let there be light into our lives into our situation. It is the very promise that the darkness will never win, that we are never alone, and that Emmanuel, whose name is God with us, literally is here with us now. I think that's so beautiful. So let there be light reflects how God views us. It reflects how he cares for us and how he interacts with us as his children. And so to pull it all together, what is God saying to us today? If you're taking notes, write this down. The light of the world has come to reach into our darkest moments and to guide us through them. That's the story of the birth of Jesus. I mean, we celebrate the manger scene, but Jesus grew up and said, I am the light of the world. He promised that he has something greater than just just a ticket to heaven. He cares about where we live now. He cares about how we feel now. He wants to give us hope now. He wants us to feel like the world does not have to feel like it's caving in on us. The light of the world has come to reach into our darkest moments, just like he was sent in the middle of the most bleak time in the people, the Jewish people's history, and to guide us through them. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why it is such a big deal That the story of Jesus being born is not just a story of a little baby boy. And that's kind of why it's, I know it's a joke and everybody talks about, oh, sweet baby Jesus, right? You know, it's from the movie, uh, I forget, Talladega Nights, I think. You know, but when people pray to little baby Jesus, he's not a baby anymore. He's a fully grown man who said he was the light of the world, who has the power to change us, to give us hope, to give us peace. And it's a symbol for the master plan that God has 
been putting into action to show the world that we are not alone and that things are never as bad as they see that they are. And I believe that I'm preaching to somebody today. That God knew that you were going to be here today and needed to hear a message of hope that the light of the world is here. There is no situation that is too great. There is no situation that is too dark, too difficult, too bad, too hopeless. When God spoke, spoke, let there be light and forevermore in the darkest of places and moments, the light of Jesus Christ shines and the darkness will not overcome it. The message of Christ and Christmas is the expectant waiting for that light to arrive in power and holding on in faith and receiving the peace and the hope of God through it right in the middle of everything that is happening in the middle of our lives. That's the beautiful concept of Christmas, of the gospel, is that it's not just on Christmas. It's not just on Easter. That's why we say we want to encounter God in real life because, because the gospel story, the message of Jesus coming and being born is in the middle of everything that's happening is where he steps into. And that's the hope that's available for you and I today. If Christmas is not a good moment for you or if your birthday or when you go home to visit family or just everyday life is not hopeful for you, the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus steps into it in that place. He doesn't wait for you to get your stuff together. He offers hope and peace and guidance and light to dispel the darkness even right when you feel like giving up. Do you want that hope today? Do you want that light in your life? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray in response today together to receive the light of Christ. Would you close your eyes? We're going to pray together as we've done the last few weeks. And listen, if you want to give yourself to Jesus today, if you want to receive that light for the first time, maybe you've been avoiding it or you've never heard it the way today that maybe you heard it this morning. Maybe you just feel like, you feel like today, you feel like God has really spoken to you, that the way that, the way that he is, Jesus has been presented to you, something is different. I believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You can just say this with all of us. We're all going to say the same thing together. And in this moment, when you give yourself to Jesus, when you give your heart to him, what happens is you become a part of his family. And he will begin to pour that light into your heart. And the darkness that you feel will begin to be dispelled little by little every day. And the more time you spend in his presence, the more time that you spend with other people who are, who are a part of that family, you will begin to see him operating in your life in a way that you never thought possible. You will begin to see hope. You will begin to see light. You will begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel instead of just darkness surrounding you. And for those of us who who know Jesus, but we still need more of his light, we want to receive more of that to, to continue to dispel the darkness and the doubt and the fear in our lives. As we say the same words today, we're just asking for him to do that in our hearts. So today, let's just pray together. Just repeat after me and say, Jesus, I choose you today. I believe you are the light of the world. I need your light. I need your hope. Reach into my darkest moments and guide me through them. I believe in you. I receive your love. Help me to see you working. Amen. 
If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we have these books for you. They're called Learning to Follow Jesus. It's just a seven-day guide to begin your journey with God. It's a beautiful, just kind of a devotional guide. We have these at the Connection Center. Please do not leave without one today. And I would love to talk to you and celebrate this decision that you made with Jesus today. I want to close with this thought and respond together as one family. You know, Jesus calls us, his followers, children of light. And the scriptures tell us that we are born of light. And now that we, and that we now have the ability to not just be children of light, to participate in calling light into darkness. So because we're children of the light, we now have the ability to speak, let there be light into darkness. And as always, what we receive from heaven to us is always given to us so that we will now partner with God to give it freely here on earth. And I want to close with this scripture, Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. Now listen to this. It says, you are the light of the world. So first Jesus said that he was the light of the world, but now because we are born of his light, we are children of the light. He says that now you are also the light of the world. A city that is situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for the whole house. And in the same way, let your light now shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You see, now we have been given permission to say, let there be light to your friends, to your family members, to speak it into your own life. The situations that are crowding you, you now have the ability to say, no, the light of Jesus Christ will dispel this darkness, to speak that so that Jesus can be seen and to bring hope to our family and our friends who need it. So now as we move into our candlelight response moment, you should have been given a candle as you came in. Let us receive the light of Jesus Christ as a symbol in that moment of lighting the candle, as receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts. And then turn to our neighbors and freely give that light to them as a symbol of our willingness to partner with God in being the light of the world that Jesus has called us to be. And as the light grows, let us sing Silent Night together and we will see the light of Jesus Christ illuminate our hearts and this room as a symbol of how he will work through us and in the world. And then we'll come back in a moment and close. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.